Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tiny House Summit. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I am here with Christian and Alexis from Tiny House Expedition. Tiny House Expedition, if you don't know about it, which I'm sure you do, is a documentary and community education project. After building their own tiny house on wheels, they traveled nomadically for four and a half years, over 55,000 miles across North America. During that time, they visited 30 tiny home communities, communities, hosted 75,000 guests, and created the Living Tiny Legally docu-series. Christian Alexis, welcome to the summit. Hello. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. And um, I'm so psyched to jump in because you have probably towed your tiny house. You've spent more time towing a tiny house than, than anyone else I know. There should be, a, you should have a Guinness World Record for it, I think. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I need a little bit more paperwork. Yeah. Documentation. <laughs> um, so before we even talk about like towing, um, I feel like there's something that, that you brought up that I really, I'm excited to start about, which is that people need to get realistic about what, what they can even tow or what they can expect to regularly tow vis-a-vis tiny houses. So can you say more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The main thing to know is just because it has wheels does not mean it's road trip worthy. Mm. Now, of course, the thing that we probably all can love and appreciate about tiny homes on wheels is that they are movable. Mm -hmm. So, Pretty much every tiny house on wheels can be relocated, which is wonderful. But if you want to move it on a semi-regular basis, and I'm thinking about people we know who are like travel nurses, um, for instance, and they maybe move every three, every six months. That's a kind of house that you you want to be able to tow on your own just because professional towing expenses at that frequency get expensive. Mm -hmm. But this is where size... And, and actually, most importantly, even weight um, really come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we tend to, we tend to think, uh, we, still, we still stand by this, that a 24-foot tiny home is about max size yeah. for regular uh, relocation. Yeah. And, and a, it's also a really good size house to live in, honestly. It's true. Yeah. And you can actually get a little bonus space if you do the 24-foot gooseneck. Yeah. Um, because of their the ease of um, maneuverability that you get with a gooseneck or fifth wheel, you can, you can eke out a little bit more space, which is nice. And then of course, you know, when it comes to weight, you know, a big thing just to consider is for the regular movers is maybe like steel framing. It's just, you know, because you can save a significant amount of weight. Yeah. Now with a gooseneck, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask this question. When you say a 24 foot gooseneck, does the 24 feet include the, the gooseneck portion or is that, is that the bonus that you're talking about above, above there? That is the bonus. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and for um, those yeah, who so, maybe, or oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. So you get, you know, you get um, that little bit of extra space over the top of the back of the truck, basically. So, right. you know, that a lot of people turn that into, mostly bedrooms, but I've seen living rooms and maybe an office before. So, you know, that's, that is one way to like, like I said, get a little bit more space and have a, um, a tiny house on wheels that is more easily maneuverable because it's a gooseneck. 
easier on those tight turns. Yeah. Right. And so like I'm envisioning with a non gooseneck, like a bumper pull, you're making a tight turn and the corner of the tiny house is getting really close to the corner of your truck. Whereas on the yeah. gooseneck, the truck can, can kind of rotate freely underneath. Yeah. It can almost exactly. turn further than 90 degrees. It's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird how it works. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's like, you know, a single or a dual axle, when it gets to three axles, things start to get crazy. So. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I will, I will say that, um, you know, we had a 20 foot trailer uh, bumper pull tiny house on wheels and we still do. Um, <laughs> and it, uh, the, it had a little garage is what we called it on the back. Okay. So this is a common thing in tiny homes. If you make it too beefy, it will get in the way totally. of how far you can, you can turn. Um, we cut it close a couple times. Yeah, totally. And, um, and some of you might know we, we pulled our tiny house with a U-Haul truck too. So another one of those things is a box truck is tall and the tiny house is tall. And when you go uphill, things start to lean a little bit. Ooh. So you got to be careful. Yeah. It's one time we were backing up and turning at the same time and it hit our water heater, the back of the truck, because it was tilted just enough. Mm. It was the other way around. The house was tilted just enough and turned that it hit the water heater. So those oh are things you got to think about. Things you learn. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think <laughs> one other, one other kind of, Real talk. This is real talk with Christian and Alexis. Uh, one, of real, <laughs> one of the real talk topic that, that I think people should be aware of is just the cost associated with moving your tiny house. You know, it is expensive to hire a mover, but it's also not exactly cheap to move it yourself. Um, did you ever come up with a like cost per mile for you that it, that it was an, Oh, I feel like we did, but we, I don't remember what it we is. Did. No, and, and that is actually a really fair point. Obviously, gas prices are a huge topic of conversation right now. Mm -hmm. and, and diesel, for people who have diesel trucks, I mean, that's even worse. So it is something to plan. Maybe it will pop in your head. I know for our travel, Tiny House Travel webinar, we created a itinerary worksheet mm -hmm. where that helped you to figure out um, cost. Um, you know, the, the big thing is, you know, how far you're going yep. and how, you know, what your mileage is. Um, and you can do some kind of simple math to kind of yeah. figure out a rough estimate. And then mm -hmm. our, our huge thing is like add 30% at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. And, um, cause it will always take longer <coughs> than you think, which is why we're like on the realistic expectations is. If, you know, by car, it would take you three days, plan six, seven days for your tiny house. Um, we, we like to, we like to keep it loose in because <laughs> yeah. keep it loose. a couple times early on, we had, you know, like we're getting somewhere in a very specific set of time and it hurt. Really, yeah. Um, you know, one Dri time, yeah. driving 10 hours in a, you know, pulling a tiny house is not the way to, to do it. Doing, doing like four or five hours is completely manageable. Mm -hmm. And and just the, the real quick things on that is that it's really unsafe to get yourself into a tired place when you're yeah. when you're driving. And um, also, you know, things go wrong. On a flip fun side, realism is sometimes fun things pop up. Maybe there's something that you want to stop and, and check out a cute small town. So just if you give yourself that wiggle room, and this is also where that 30% 
um, what's the word, the 30% overage that you should plan for really <coughs> comes into play too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah, let's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, as far as the gas, just real quick, um, with our U-Haul truck, it should have gotten a, about um, 11 miles to the gallon, and I was getting mm-hmm. 5.1 with, with pulling the tiny house. Yeah, so wow. you can do the math with that. You can more than double that with a heavy-duty pickup truck, so don't panic. Yeah, but yeah. realize you're not going to get the gas mileage your your truck says it will get. Right. And and the fact that gas prices are are now quite a bit higher than when you were traveling a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's get kind of into the process uh, of like doing a move. And, and, you know, my first bullet point is kind of the like before you ever hook the tiny house up, what kind of stuff do you do in terms of just like route planning, you know, kind of uh, advanced research on on where you're going and how you're going to get there? Okay, quick prelude to the uh, prelude to this prelude. There you go. There we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that travel prep begins during your design build phase? Yeah. And uh-huh. so this is where you have to decide how frequently you want to move. Um, do you want the option to more frequently move, or are you like, nah, it's only going to be every once in a while? You really have to make that decision early on, and then from there, there's big things like weight balancing um, that you, that is hugely important and we really go into depth on this kind of stuff in our tiny house travel resources on our website nice um so that's where you start um but then (laughs) you you know you did a good job you planned out your weight balance with a 60 40 split you're you know um you're now ready to to hook up what do you do christian if i get too if i get too in the weeds in the details let me know okay (laughs) um you know, one of the things that I didn't realize after we had purchased the trailer, built the house, and started driving was that a lot of times um, companies that make things like just the wheels <clears throat> will go a little go as far as they can just to make them workable. One thing I, I, I'm talking about here is the grease in the wheels. So they put the minimum amount of grease inside the bearings in your wheels. And we had this problem with our first 1500 miles. Um, We broke down because the bearings inside the wheels seized up on one of the wheels. And basically I looked at my mirror and saw smoke blowing out the side of the, the uh, trailer. And um, so you really need to, before you even hook anything up is, Check to make sure all the tires are good, everything's looking good, they're at the right pressure, and grease the wheels because they probably need to be greased, you know, every thousand miles. So maybe every, you know, with us, it was every couple of times that we moved. Um, So that's one huge thing to to keep an eye on. And then it's just making sure all of the connections are correct, double checking, Mm -hmm. triple checking, Mm -hmm. making sure, you know, breakaway cables on there so the brake you know the brakes will turn on if the if the trailer comes off the chains are on and that the uh, the lock the, you know that you have a hitch lock on you have a lock on the hitch when it's um, closed and attached to your vehicle and yep. and uh, as part of that is um, you need to test that your trailer brake system <clears throat> is yes. working yeah and you need a, a, a brake controller 
inside your the cab of your um, of the truck that you're using to pull it. So it's two part system: the part in the truck and then the part on the actual hitch. Right. So that has to be properly connected, but it has to be communicating with the front um, the front element. Right. Um, and and you can test that before you move. And I won't. We won't name any names, but. <laughs> We do know someone who moved their house semi-regularly for a time who um, maybe didn't quite learn that lesson of proper hookups. And she said, oh, I didn't know what that chain was for, so I just left it. And then what ended up happening was her tiny house did come um, off. off of the, the hitch yeah. and was, here's the car and here's her house. And they're it more pulled, next to each other. Pulled up next to her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was harmed, no. thank God. And as soon as we heard that story, we were like, okay, you got to hook everything yeah, up. This is how this works. And you yeah. triple check it. Yeah, totally. And the triple check system, the last thing on that is, is that you will dri drive just a very short distance. And then yeah. you stop you stop your truck and you get out and you go check. double check. Mm -hmm. um, this, this is what gave us peace of mind because, I mean, this is a huge investment. This is your home behind you. It's It's worth doing that. Yeah. And, and, and taking it for a spin before you actually get on the road to go, yeah. like a, if you can a day or two before, do that, you know, absolutely. And, you know, also a, um, the brake controller thing uh, in a U-Haul, they actually don't, there's actually a hack to get to the, con, to the, um, where you <laughs> connect the brake controller. So, okay. yeah, so we, we have a video on our YouTube channel on how to do that. We have all kinds of videos on towing. And, and before we move on, all this nitty gritty stuff, I think is important for any tiny home owner to, to have an understanding of, because yeah. even if you don't tow your house, you want to make sure that your professional hauler is up to snuff. And there's a lot of yeah. things that you can do as far as that's concerned, but here's questions that you can be asking them. Like, what about the, you know, the brake controller, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't hurt. What about paperwork? Well, yeah. Yeah. You need paper, <laughs> paperwork from a, from a, uh, reputable. Well, they gotta be licensed so, and bonded. Yes. So you know, those are the things that you need to be aware of with, a, you know, a tower. Yeah. Can you say a little more about that paperwork? Um, well, the, the, yeah, the big thing is, number one thing is um, making sure that they're licensed and bonded and it hasn't expired. Yes. Because we do mm. know someone who yeah, hired that's... someone who at one time was, but they it lapsed and um, they did have a little damage. What happened? Guess what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, during that window of that lapse that they weren't aware of, um, and this is, it's not their fault that they weren't aware of. Yeah. I don't know somewhere in the fine print if, you know, I think more importantly, you have to ask the question because yeah. there is opportunity for misrepresentation. Yeah. And that's why I really cannot stand that you ship option. Highly discourage anyone from going that way because you yeah. ship You're is going the to best per the, the, the person at the least price, lowest price. Yep. Yeah. That's not the best way to pick that subcontracted out. Um, it's really hard to verify um, ex experience, uh, insurance. So instead, you should go with someone who's um, been towing tiny houses, yep. um, consistently has good reviews. And the good news is now in the movement, there are multiple options. Yeah. I'll just add to that. Um, for my recent move, which was, which was local, it was about 50 miles. Um, you know, it was 
you know, two or three weeks away from the move. And I, I contacted a couple of moving companies and they were like, oh yeah, then, you know, we're not going to have a driver in Vermont until like October. So if you don't live near a lot of other tiny houses and you are going with a professional, um, I would say like asking way in advance, getting those quotes and, and getting on their radar because they try to time multiple trips together. So if they happen to be sending a driver to the Northeast, that's when they want to be able to do your, your move as well. They don't want to have to send a driver, you know, hundreds of miles just for this one move if they don't have to. That's a great tip. Um, how about the driving itself? Okay, this is where the fun really starts. And <laughs> the number one thing is don't ever rush. Just don't. Yeah. Don't rush. We talked about this before. Just take your time. Do not give yourself unrealistic timing. But not rushing is going to help you practice the three C's, um, <laughs> you know, which is be calm, cool, and collected. That is like the it. most golden advice that we could give anyone and um because there are weird things that happen on the road um mm -hmm. lots of weird things but yeah. take it take the, it from here the um <clears throat> yeah i think in four and a half years of full-time travel with the tiny house i think i passed six people with the tiny house yeah so <laughs> you stayed in the right hand lane and just you know yep. Uh, yep. Slow and at or under speed limit yeah. um so slow and steady so because there's things that that happen when you're on the road like a semi will go by you absolutely mm -hmm. this is a good one and what happens is it it creates like between the tiny house and the uh truck it creates like a vortex so the air starts going faster in between the two of them so what that does is it pulls them together it mm. makes them want to touch and so what you got to do is steer away from it just a little bit. And then after the truck goes by, it does the opposite. It pushes you. So it will pull it one way and then it'll push it the other way. And it's, it's something you just have to be aware of and pay attention to as you're going down the road. Cause if you're not aware of that naturally is very scary. So, you know, maybe work on your upper body exercises so you can have nice, strong, steady arms when this is happening. And, and, uh, you know, related to, to this is, um, never, ever jerk the wheel. Yeah. So in this case, it's scary. You feel like you might have to jerk. Do not. Everything's gradual. Yeah. You're changing lanes. You, you look very carefully and then you gradually, yeah. gradually do it. We, um, heard an unfortunate story of someone who said they had a little accident, a little towing accident. And they told, they told, they, they were very frank about it. I'm not going to name names, of course, but they said we, our exit was coming up and it came up to us quicker than we thought. We had to switch lanes and they did it quickly. And so they ended up, you know, probably doing some jerky wheel action. And that's when the accident happened. Yeah. Which, I, which it, it twisted. So they were headed this direction and it twisted their tiny house this way and flipped it over on its side. Oh, um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. There's one time that I can remember where we missed an exit and guess what? We had to go an hour out of our way to hour. get back on track. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's like in a place where there's like, you know, the exits are half an hour away from each other. So, but, um, that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you have to be prepared for it. That's why we say, you know, you know, put in time 
in your uh, trip just the, for mishaps and gas right. station stops. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because um, because so when you're gradually exiting the highway to gradually turn into gas stations, um, you know, you you might be out of luck and it might be a little bit complicated to ma- maneuver into a gas station. This mm-hmm. is actually where a uh, co-pilot, which I was frequently yeah. the co-pilot, really comes in handy because um, we always played it safe on gas. We, you know, we didn't want to cut it close. So we never let it fall below a quarter of a tank. But I could look on Google to kind of, to see, uh, get an idea of what the clearance is, uh, what yep. the... Um, what the lanes were like. Yeah. Are, if it was mostly, mostly yeah. trying to go to truck stops, but it wasn't always like that. You know, we were in mm-hmm. LA and needed gas mm-hmm. and there wasn't a truck stop. So she would look at Google earth and look at the street view to see if it looked like we could get under there. And sometimes we would go by a gas station to go, Oh, here's one here and one down the road. So if this one doesn't work we can go to that one. Smart, smart. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a totally different way of driving than most people do um Mm -hmm. like cool calm and collected not rushing not texting not like (laughs) doing all that stuff yeah and the other thing you have to be aware of when you're driving is um your clearance height because Mm. even on the highway there's a bridge there's two bridges in colorado in in denver in right in Mm -hmm. downtown denver that are just old train trestles and they curve at the sides. So there's warnings for the first five miles before that that says truckers get into the middle two lanes. And if you're not paying attention to that, you'll clip at least one side of the top of the tiny house. Because ours was 13.3. Yeah, because typically you want to drive in the right lane. You know, um, if it's not regulated at 55 miles an hour, you know, that's a a good speed. You You can go above that. But um, now, why that's a scary example, I will give the non the non scary to that is if a semi can fit, so can you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yes, totally. <clears throat> yeah. So it's paying attention to those clearances, you know, at gas stations too. And yep. anywhere, anytime you come off the highway, it's paying attention to that, to those signs. Because when you come off the highway, that's when the lower bridges could be an issue. Oh yeah. But the good news now is, guys, with Apps probably, I think even in Google Maps and other trucker apps you can get, you can set courses that avoid low clearances. So it's easier than ever before to right. um, tra- uh, to create a RV or tiny house friendly route. And there is a slight difference because RVs um, typically aren't as, a yeah. traditional RV isn't as tall as a tiny house. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah that's, it's interesting. There's actually a, a problem in Vermont where, um, you know, truckers use Google maps and it takes them over, uh, this mountain pass. Um, it's called the notch and it's at the top. It's got like five or six really tight S curves that go between these giant, like granite boulders. And like every year, multiple semis get stuck and it, it closes down the road and like, they have like flashing signs at the bottom, like, you won't fit $3,000 fine. Like trucks turn around and like still every year people do it because they're just following that Google maps and you know, (laughs) yeah, that's scary. Yeah. 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 Oh, 
Gosh, a real quick story. We were headed from Idaho into Wyoming towards Jackson, and there were signs uh, warning of um of a steep okay, of a steep grade. It's exactly the same kind of road you were talking right. about. Right. Okay. An exceptionally steep grade, and warning about it. And I was looking, and what didn't click in my head was that the highway name changed at the border. Yep. Yeah. It's, yep. It said, oh, it's 20, not 10 or whatever it was. And, and I, I was like, we're fine. Yeah. And we're like, oh, it's okay. And we just, as we get to the state line, an officer pulled us over. The only time it's happened. Yeah. The only time we've been pulled over. <laughs> and he was super friendly. And he said, you can't go this way. The grade is like, you know, 9%. And he's yeah, like, sure. he's like, you do not want to go this way. Here's the other route you can go, which Guess which what? Was an hour. No, I think it was like, yeah. It was an hour. Yeah, not, not the worst, but yeah. we were very grateful. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> cool. Wow. Um, let's talk about, so we've talked about, about before you travel, hooking up, driving. How about um, like getting into position? Like when you've arrived where you're going and you need to put the tiny house somewhere. That's a great, great point. Um, well, if you can pull through, do that. Well, <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, actually yes. that popped in my head, but I think that's why you have to dis yeah. distinguish between um, different kinds of parking situations, right? So if you're traveling between point A and point B, um, you may have to stop a couple times, depending on the distance, for a overnight stop. Mm -hmm. And if you're going... Um, so a campground could be a good option yeah. for you. And that's where pull-through sites are your best friend. No backing up. <laughs> easy peasy, just totally. like the name says. Yeah. Pull in, pull out. Yeah. That makes it super easy. Mm -hmm. um, other ones are that you have to back into. So with what I learned after backing into a lot of different spots was that if I did, if I backed in so I was turning basically to driver's side, I could see a little bit better in my mirror where I was going. And I would use Alexis on the opposite corner to back me up. So we would sometimes okay. be on the phone and okay. a lot of times we use hand signals and yeah. the hand signals, you got to get those down because you got to agree ahead of time. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, that, uh, that helped a ton. And, you know, we, we've, there, there's times that we've backed into places and had extra help, and the extra help was actually worse uh -huh. than having just Alexis help me because the, well, the person was paying attention to Alexis, and I actually hit something because of it. Right. That situation he noted was mansplaining. So, ladies. <laughs> it was mansplaining. Don't yeah. let mansplaining happen. I mean, the yeah. best thing you could do is to, if someone offers help, say no, is, thank you. Well, is to you know, politely say, you know, we, you know, we've done this, we got our system. You know, you can keep keep an eye out for branches. You know, give them a task because they want to yeah. be helpful. Yeah. But uh, yeah. that's that's a good way to go about it. Yeah. Um, you can also get backup cameras. Um, now, why? You know, for us with the U-Haul truck, if that's your tow vehicle of choice, a backup yeah, camera yeah. is not an option. But if you have a heavy duty pickup, it it could be a really great option. But um, if you went that way, I would still encourage you to have a partner. Yeah, because they, you know, the camera's not going to see what's above you. Right. So you got to pay attention to every single thing. Right. Tree branches, um, overhangs of ease if you're doing a driveway spot, um, and that sort of thing. And 
And so a lot of folks, you know, who are moving semi-regularly, if you're moving into a new tiny home community, um, that could be a, a simpler situation yeah. where you're going to have to to back up. It's kind of straightforward. But if you're doing a backyard spot, there's a lot more to look out for. Yeah. Want to name a couple of those things? Uh, trees, the side of house, the side of the house. Well, the, the width, the width of the driveway. Oh, the width of the driveway for sure. Um, and also the clearance above it. Just, you know, if there's any trees or anything that needs to be cut before you get there. Good point. Um, low hanging power right. lines. Yes. That can be awful. That will just make it so you cannot pull into a spot. We did have an instance where someone, um, a helper, um, Pushed <laughs> with a pole, pushed the oh, power yeah. line up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know if It that's... wasn't a power line. It was like the cable line. Okay, it that's cable. it. It, wasn't, it had no juice. Yeah, strike it. that. Don't push up a power line. No, don't. It was something different. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't. Never touch the power line. Well, I apologize. My camera went out there for, for a couple minutes, but I didn't want to interrupt because you were just like giving us the gold right there. So I just like, keep going. Um. <laughs> So that's, I mean, in in just a short amount of time, that's a ton of really, really great strategies for, for moving. Any kind of closing thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, what comes to mind for, for me is misadventures will happen. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want people to, to know that, you know, you can tow your own tiny home safely. It can actually be an enjoyable experience. Um, we did it. Lots of other folks do it. Yeah. Um, so, so know that, but the main thing about the misadventures is just to be prepared. So uh -huh. that's having extra wheels, extra tires, um, you know, maybe having, a a triple a service, um, you know, have your phone numbers ready. You know, we've had, we had a couple flat tires mm -hmm. and couple broken wheels. It's probably yeah. the most luxurious flat tire experience. So if, <laughs> if the flat happens, you have lots of other tires. So you're not, yep. nothing dramatic is going to happen. If you notice, just don't panic slowly, easily get to the side safely. And then after you, um, you know, if it's something you can do great, but if you need help, um, why you wait for, wait for road assistance, go inside, have a, make a cup of coffee. Um, we did that on a number of occasions. Yeah, we actually <laughs> did that because we were driving a U-Haul. So the U-Haul got a flat and mm. there was, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. It was like, well, we don't change it. They have a mechanic come and change it. And it was going to be like 45 minutes to an hour before they showed up and however long to, so she went in and made coffee and I took a nap. Yeah. So it was smart. It's perfect. perfect. It was great. But, you know, if, if you're prepared with your, with your research, your practice, your safe driving practices, and then the, the tools you need um, with you, um, mm -hmm. like a, what's the other one? The, what's it called? The bottle jack? Yeah, it's jack. Bottle, bottle jack. jack. Yep. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. Um, that was for, yeah, for changing the wheel myself. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Something like yep. a jack to get it up. If you got all that together, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, you got this. And um, there's incredible professional haulers out there. I know with lots of great reviews, so you can always fall back on that. Nice. I'll just add one tip because I can't help myself. Just before, before my recent move, I really um, struggled with the decision whether to get new tires or not, because, you know, they were the original tires on the tiny house, but it had been moved all of like a hundred miles in its entire life. And so it's expensive to get new tires. And ultimately 
my worst fear was getting stranded somewhere along the way with this driver that I'm paying by the hour. And so what I ultimately decided to do was I bought a spare tire. Um, I figured, you know, my tires are old. I might get a flat. So rather than having to sit and wait for the mechanic, the wrecker to come, I'll just have a spare tire with me. And that's what I did. And I didn't get a flat. But if I didn't Perfect. have the spare, I would have gotten a flat. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's totally what happens. And there's just another word of advice too. If yeah. you're traveling a lot, get two tires and wheels. <laughs> two spares. Yeah. Two yeah. spares. And it was because a lot of times the tread will come off of one and smack the other one and and kill that one too. So oh, then you're, boy. you're out two tires. So yeah. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. All right. Well, I didn't know that. Seriously far, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Alexis and Christian, thank you so much. This was so helpful. Our yeah, pleasure. Glad. Thanks.